Support for this podcast comes from ODC Dance. The world-class company returns for Dance Downtown, March 27th through the 31st, with two electrifying programs and five works, springing from cartoon, the news, and human connection. ODC.dance slash downtown. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Why don't we start with some much-needed good news, shall we? We are entering into the next phase this week. That's Governor Gavin Newsom announcing that the Golden State can start to reopen at least a little bit beginning as soon as Friday. End of the week with modifications, uh, we will allow retail to start uh, operating across the spectrum. So what sort of retail are we talking about? Well, initially just pickup orders from music, book, and sporting goods stores. Oh, and florist shops just in time for Mother's Day. The governor also said if counties meet certain safety standards, they'll be allowed to open other kinds of businesses. This is a very positive sign, and it's happened only for one reason. The data says it can happen. But the governor also stressed that if local officials felt they should move slower, they'd be able to. Local orders will supersede Newsom's moves to reopen. But reopening is one thing. A meaningful economic recovery following the pandemic and resulting shutdown, that's another. This crisis has taken a huge bite out of state tax revenue, just as the demand for California's social safety programs is skyrocketing. KQED politics reporter Katie Orr reports that all those people in need put extra pressure on state finances. Final revenue numbers won't be available until after the July tax deadline, but lawmakers are already anticipating a drastic reduction in funds for state coffers. At the same time, more people are looking for help. In fact, Department of Social Services Director Kim Johnson says in March, 96,000 people applied for food stamps, more than double the same time last year. Johnson says her department will try to minimize the damage of future budget cuts. Where possible to identify the reductions that impact the least number of the most vulnerable of our programs. She said her department will try to avoid double hits to people receiving assistance from more than one social service program. For the California Report, I'm Katie Orr in Sacramento. Meanwhile, activists remind us that the economic toll of the pandemic hit some of us harder than others. Undocumented immigrants, for example. A Los Angeles-based immigrant advocacy group is pushing for all immigrants to be included in economic and health recovery efforts from the pandemic. KQED's Ferida Javala Romero reports. Unauthorized immigrants can't get unemployment benefits or coronavirus stimulus checks, even when they pay taxes. And after they turn 26, undocumented Californians are not eligible for Medi-Cal, the state's health coverage for low-income people. The Coalition for Humane Immigrant Rights wants to change that with its I Am California campaign. They're urging the federal government to let taxpaying immigrants benefit from economic relief programs and for the state to expand Medi-Cal to undocumented seniors. We must come together and support each other. Southern California Congresswoman Judy Chu spoke during the campaign's launch. Leaving immigrants out of relief packages will only prolong the spread of COVID-19 
and hinder our economic recovery efforts. Last week, President Donald Trump threatened to withhold billions of dollars in coronavirus aid from places like California with sanctuary policies that limit cooperation with federal immigration authorities. Governor Gavin Newsom said the state will cover COVID-19 testing and treatment for uninsured Californians and offer $500 to undocumented immigrants hard hit by the pandemic. But at least two conservative groups have sued to stop that effort. For the California Report, I'm Farida Javala Romero. Like with other industries, the coronavirus pandemic has shut down Hollywood, and that's been disastrous for all the companies that supply goods and services to film and television productions. I talked about that with Michael Elliott. He's the CEO of Quixote Studios, which rents out everything from wardrobe and makeup trailers to portable bathrooms to the studios. Elliott says the pandemic turned his business upside down and predicts coronavirus will change film and television making for good. We had a great first 10 weeks of the year and like mid-March, boom, it just dropped off. It went from like all in to nothing. And how many of your employees have you had to furlough? Uh, about 250. So looking ahead to when production does restart, what is that going to mean for your business and the kind of things you provide to film and TV projects like portable dressing rooms and makeup trailers? We'll definitely beefing up our janitorial staff and making sure everything is sanitized and disinfected consistently. We'll have more janitorial staff. We'll have cleaning stations everywhere. We'll probably even have hand-washing stations on set. These actually building these mobile sanitation units. Might even have to UV some of the surfaces overnight to make sure. With the goal of being <laughs> making sure production is, is 100% confident that you know, we've got it together. And how do you see production changing in Hollywood when the cameras do start rolling again? What are those sets going to look like? You know, they're certainly going to try to do more with less. They're going to do whatever they can to have fewer crew on set. So there's not as many people clustered around the camera, you know? Like, they're going to have to sp obviously space it out, right? And I don't know exactly what they're doing with the talent. You can't wear masks, you know? So, so scripts and storylines are going to change because of it. You know, they're not going to have the, those big dramatic intimate scenes anymore <laughs> for a while, right? That was Michael Elliott, CEO of Quixote Studios. Let's turn to the pandemic in rural parts of our state. Mariposa County, which includes Yosemite National Park, confirmed its first coronavirus case last week. Within a few days, that jumped to 13 cases. But Valley Public Radio's Laura Satsui reports county officials say they're containing the spread. Health Director Dr. Eric Sergienko says his department was ready to act when the first case showed up. Within 24 hours, a team of two nurses and three sheriff's detectives tracked down more than 20 people who the first patient had been in contact with when she was contagious. Twelve of them caught the virus. This is now that it validates our ability to do contact tracing. We were able to, at this point, kind of nip off a chain of transmission before it spread further into the community. The contacts they found were tested and told to isolate at home, even if they didn't have symptoms. Sergienko says without law enforcement, they couldn't have tracked down the individuals so quickly. Whereas your average police officer or your sheriff's deputy comes with a vehicle and radio communications and all those things 
that allow them to go find those contacts. As of Monday, only one person has been hospitalized. The rest are recovering at home. Sergienko hopes the county can keep relying on contact tracing to protect the community. For The California Report, I'm Laura Satsui in Fresno. In-home supportive services workers help older and disabled people in their homes so they don't have to seek care elsewhere. Many of these minimum wage workers say the state hasn't provided them with enough personal protective equipment during the coronavirus outbreak. Now shipments of N95 masks and gloves have finally arrived. But there's a catch. Only those who've been exposed to COVID-19 have access. KQED's Julie Chang reports. Florence Croson gets up at 7 in the morning. She checks on her older brother, who's on a CPAP machine overnight, a breathing assistance device. She prepares her brother's medication, makes breakfast, then drives over to another home where she helps care for three adults with Down syndrome. Down syndrome people have respiratory issues already, and if they were to get COVID, I don't, I don't think they would survive. Croson is a home care provider in Merced through the state's in-home supportive services program. Her tasks include brushing her clients' teeth, applying lotion on the irritated skin, and cleaning them if they soil themselves. She also plays games with them, like Jenga, and drives them to some of their favorite places. On a recent trip, she took them to In-N-Out. They ordered in the drive-thru and ate in the parking lot. A lot of people do this job because, you know, they, they like taking care of people, like myself. You know, I love people and, you know, that's what I do. I've been doing it for quite some time. IHSS workers care for the most vulnerable, the elderly, the disabled, the immunocompromised. The state administers the program, sending state and federal funds to each county, which then negotiates wages and benefits with the union. Most providers are women and people of color, and they've been working through the pandemic because they're an essential service. Their union, United Domestic Workers, asked the state for protective equipment. They said some counties didn't have the funds to purchase PPE, and those that did have the money had no place to buy them. After weeks of back and forth, the governor's office sent out shipments of N95 masks and gloves to counties across the state. But the shipments came with one major caveat. Only those caring for clients with suspected or confirmed COVID-19 have access to the protective equipment. Matthew Maldonado is the union's director of internal operations. He says while the policy is a step forward, it overlooks those who may be asymptomatic. It still leaves a lot of exposure to a lot of these workers who do personal care for a lot of clients that they take care of. And since sheltering in place, Maldonado says providers have been working more. For instance, caregivers with more than one client now have to go to multiple stores. They're having to do extra shopping. As you know, a lot of the stores now only limit certain items. So you can only get one roll of toilet paper or uh, one dozen of eggs. The extra time spent in public increases the chances that a provider will get infected, and given a mask after they start showing symptoms may be too late. The lack of protective equipment for providers is indicative of another problem caregivers face. They're often not appreciated, even when doing more these days. Just because it's an unskilled position doesn't mean that they're an unprofessional person. Uh, They need to be treated and respected for the type of work they do. The work is difficult, but for caregivers like Croson, it's never about them. My main concern would be about the vulnerable people in my life. Croson says she's not worried about her health. She says she'll keep fighting until all providers get the protective equipment they need. For the California Report, I'm Julie Chang. 
The California Consumer Privacy Act created new rights around how corporations collect and share our personal information. Now the group Californians for Consumer Privacy has announced it's submitting voter signatures to qualify a new measure for the November ballot. It would create even stricter rules to protect users' privacy. KQED's Rachel Myro has more. The campaign's funded by the same Oakland real estate developer who got the first Consumer Privacy Act on a ballot three years ago. Alistair McTaggart says reinforcing consumer privacy in California was not a hard sell, even before most of us shifted more of our lives online for the coronavirus pandemic. What I heard from the signature gatherers was we were the easiest issue to get signatures for. Like, no one said no. It didn't matter the party, their age. Among other things, the new ballot measure would make it tougher for lawmakers to loosen the rules and establish a new enforcement agency that would work in tandem with the attorney general's office. Regardless of what happens this November, the AG's office is expected to launch enforcement of the current consumer privacy law this July. For the California Report, I'm Rachel Myro. And that's the California Report for this Cinco de Mayo. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez in L.A. Have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from California Earthquake Authority, urging Californians to prepare for the next damaging earthquake. Learn more at earthquakeauthority.com. Water heaters only. Specializing in the repair and replacement of water heaters since 1968. Licensed and insured. Open 24 hours a day, every day. Learn more at waterheatersonly.com. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose Fund for Strategic Innovation supports transformative ideas that benefit humanity while protecting the natural world, recognizing through science the interdependence of all living systems. Support for this podcast comes from ODC Dance. The world-class company returns for Dance Downtown, March 27th through the 31st, with two electrifying programs and five works, springing from cartoon, the news, and human connection. ODC.dance slash downtown. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. A young correctional officer. He said it was the most dangerous prison in California. Forced to make a choice. Fulfill his oath or back his fellow officers. Recognize the badge of my office. I'm Suki Lewis. From KQED Podcasts comes On Our Watch Season 2, New Folsom. A story about who gets hurt when the system that promises to keep us safe is bent on protecting itself. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts.